Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Adventure Incorporated Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Anthony Reed. This is episode 16 and the first true episode of the Merifa's Memories story arc. This is going to be interesting. We won't go too deep here so we can get right to the show, but we would love to hear what you guys think about this one. Head over to Facebook and send us a message on our page, or right on our wall at facebook.com slash adventureincpodcast. Or tweet at us what you think, at adventureincpod. We are super interested to hear what you guys think. Of course, you can always check out adventureinc.podbean.com for links on how to get a hold of us and more. A big special thank you this week to Little Canary for giving us a five-star review on iTunes. I hope you'll head over to iTunes and do the same, as it's free and a great way to give back to the show. I am incredibly excited about this, so we'll dig right into the episode. Let's get started. Previously on Adventure Incorporated. Several years ago, we were fighting a lich. And sometime during the fight, something happened. A portal opened up behind Viltroth and he fell in. And we haven't seen him since. We assumed he was dead. I think I have a plan. It's going to take some time to prepare. Let me... Let me think on this. And Marifa leaves. I have found a ritual that will help us figure out what happened to Viltroth. I will be honest with you all. I have called you here because you are already involved. This ritual will be uncomfortable for most of us here. Insight check. Okay. It seems like Marifa is not lying. This will be uncomfortable for everyone involved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dick. I will use this ritual to send five people back in time. And from that hopefully divine the secrets we do not know. Marifa begins the ritual. <laughs> Nobles and farmers, knights and wenches, gather round, gather round to hear a tale of excitement and mystery. Brave adventures facing grave dangers. Keth, the half-orc fighter. Listen, we're, we're, we're crossing this. We're crossing this bridge, and you can try and stop us, but that's not going to be a great idea. Genovera, the dragonborn sorcerer. And the only people I still don't fully know is this dwarf in this. Lizard woman? That's, I mean, rude. <laughs> <laughs> have I have I once referred to you as hyena man? Yes. Well, okay. Geppetto, the gnome rogue. And these are large horses, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, full-size horses. So, Geppetto comes up to, like, shoulder Probably at like, best? At best. Cool. Um, Probably no, I wouldn't say. I would say maybe, like, mid- thigh of a horse. Alright, alright. Gillick, the dwarf paladin. With this shield, I will lay down my life for all of you. Except Asher. (laughs) 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 Asher, the half-elf druid. Hold on, guys. I'll be right back. I say as an owl. (laughs) I don't think you can. I think you just went hoo-hoo. Prepare yourselves, for this is the tale of Adventure Incorporated! Let's get started. 
All right. Uh, so once you kind of meets eyes with everyone in the room, and he's smiling maybe a little too broadly, is and actually, you know, he he's kind of like, okay, everyone, are you are you all ready for this? Uh, it should be pretty bonkers. Um, are you ready? And then Marifa puts a hand on his shoulder and says to him, "There's a perfect snack in the cupboard, and even the least will get their share." Please, pass the milk. Gebetto's face kind of softens, and he looks back at the masked master of secrets and responds, more in control now. Out of milk, but two fine jars of clay will suit you, and the fish are, and the fish are free. Marifa kind of nods at this and responds, trust indeed, I've seen their hearts, and begins to prepare the ritual, moving to the back of the room and turning a wheel that draws a chain from the wall. As the party gets comfortable in their straw beds, Gebetto asks one more time, more confidently, okay, everyone, for real now, are you ready? Yes, yeah, we are ready. ready. You're in good hands. I'm ready. ready Let's well do this. Great. <laughs> Remember, it's only my brain we're playing with here, so we'll probably be fine no matter what happens. <laughs> and slowly, <laughs> an opening in the roof above appears, disturbing a murder of crows that took up roost in the upper reaches of the silo-like room. Marifa appears to study their movements thoughtfully for a moment and turns to the bag next to the table on which Dubetto's laid. Marifa stops and seems to think for a moment, staring into the contents of the bag, turning back up to look through the opening in the roof. At last, two bags are withdrawn. One makes the unmistakable sound of coins sliding and clinking together, while the other is altogether different, uh, drier, more brittle. Gillick, you feel an immediate flash of a painful memory, uh, a vision of a minotaur skull and a pile of bones. Ah! I'm gonna need you. To, yeah, I'm gonna need you to make a charisma saving throw. Oh, for okay, it. cool. Uh, oh crap! I don't have my Gillick sheet open. That's because I have the other one open. One moment, please. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The suspense is killing me. <laughs> Us too. Okay, good. All right. I rolled an uh, six plus two. I got an eight. Oh no! Okay. I got the. Uh, it turns into a ten because I've got the, the bonus on that. Sweet. Good. Uh, so you're able to shake it away to kind of focus on the ritual and the process, but it really like something about that bag really unnerves you a little bit. And then uh, kind of feeling your discomfort, Marifa opens the bag and says, you needn't worry, Paladin. These aren't coming for you. And she dumps out what appear to be a handful of bird bones in the space between Gebetto's arms and torso. Uh, and then the other bag's contents are also spilled, gold coins around Gebetto's head. Uh, right as the last two coins are coming, tumbling out of the bag, uh, Marifa is able to catch both of them. Um, puts one in the center of his chest and then begins whispering into the other. Uh, Marifa lifts the coin to the front of the mask. Uh, and as those whispers start to echo gently in the silo, the coin begins to glow as the room darkens, despite the light pouring in from the now open roof. Smoke begins swirling around the coin, appearing to emanate from the mask. As the smoke thickens, moving outward from the coin, twisting in tendrils around the hay bales, uh, you guys begin to notice that it it's odorless, but starts to stir feelings in each of your hearts and memories. Uh, the ritual continues. Uh, Marifa's moving her arms a little bit, uh, you know, kind of in these slow, specific movements and reaching out toward each of you. Um, Gillick, how are you feeling right now? Um, 
I'm still probably a little nervous after that whole encounter. Like, I, like I feel okay, but like scared it might happen again. Sure. Um, as you're as you're kind of laying there, uh, you start to recall feelings you had when you first read your brother's letter, uh, the the one hinting at corruption in Emberfall. Oh, okay. Uh, the idea of someone abusing their power and abusing the power of the peacekeepers or the divine court kind of stirs you to the point of rage. But what could you possibly do? Who could you possibly go to? You know, maybe it's better to let it lie than cause any trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of look over to Asher. Um, you know, maybe he's feeling similar feelings because your powers both come from the strengths of your beliefs. Uh, maybe he can relate to you. And Asher, how do you feel right now about the whole? Confused, terrified, and a little bit concerned about uh, Jebedo's life. Jebedo's sure. Life. Um, yeah, as as you're as you're kind of, uh, you know, you're 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 watching the whole ritual happen, and and one of the things that that kind of strikes you right away is the use of bones with rituals. You know, you're you're pretty you're pretty familiar with kind of. I mean, we just saw you grinding up all those bones in the mm-hmm. last uh, the last kind of scenario. Um, and so you, you're used to a certain level of pomp and circumstance as well, although being in this room feels disconnected from what kind of feeds those powers in your, in your experience. Um, and the smoke kind of starts to wash over your body, and you're forced to remember your, your first encounter with that giant, giant hyena that you've become so attuned to, uh, its ferocity and its distrust of humanity. Uh, unconsciously, your memory blinks, and you're in the forest, drawing a bow, watching and waiting for movement. You feel more comfortable here in this memory, away from pretense and useless words. Uh, the echoes of Marifa's incantations start to grow louder, creating kind of a soft drone as they start to merge together, and the sound waves crash into one another in the, the circular room. Genevera, what are your thoughts? I'm very relaxed. Uh, I have a lot of trust in... <laughs> um, I, have a... <laughs> I didn't even catch that shit. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I'm acting now. Um, I have a lot of trust in Marifa, and I feel... Uh, a... I'm very calm that, that this is going on, and I, and I know that, that it's going to be successful. Yeah, kind of watching someone work magic so textbook, so perfectly, right. but with like with that artistry really puts you at ease. Absolutely, um, you kind of you you start to think back to you know hours spent reading tomes, detailing specific movements that you know you weren't quite able to to figure out you know in in practice because you know because I didn't know reading I was and a doing are different until right it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you remember starting to practice, kind of, uh, you know, practice those movements, fumbling through them, seeing your sorcery begin to develop, and the frustration that comes along with, like, your first attempt at spells as they fizzle away. Uh, the smoke envelops you and, and enters into your snout and makes you more sure of your abilities, remembering how handily you've taken down the foes you've encountered so far. You know, skeletons, zombies, gnolls, lizard folk, goblins, bugbears, the Etten inside the basement of the library in Mughamara, you know, and... Keth, how are you doing over there? Keth's feeling uneasy, but mostly he's feeling uncomfortable and like a little bit angry. Just we're putting our friends' lives, Gibetto, in the hands of these people, and I don't know what's going on. So I'm saying, yeah, yeah. The the anger is is really welling up inside of you. You know, you're 
you're you're feeling those those anger that that feeling of anger and confusion and and you know it it, it stirs up this memory of fire for you you know the the smoke kind of rolling around in the room it it makes you think of the fires of war that your clan used to you know that they would be stoking when you were small and young and bloodthirsty um you know in your violent your love of violence kind of washes over you and all of a sudden you're taken back to the time when you were ruthless you were quick to anger and ready to drink and fight sometimes at the same time uh then Almost as strongly, uh, an old sagely voice kind of enters your thoughts and reminds you of temperance, of patience, of anticipation. Fighting may be the way, but your memories remind you that allowing the fight to come to you and reacting seems to have benefits as well. Uh, Marifa's volume, all the while, hasn't risen at all. You can tell that, you know, the sound coming out of the mouth of the mask isn't isn't any different, but all of a sudden that soft drone that, that you had been noticing has started to pick up more and more. Uh, now it's kind of it's all encompassing pressure on everybody's ears, almost like they need to be popped, you know, like if you're if you're diving or flying or something. Um, try as you might though, they, they're still pressurized and unable to release that tension. Clug, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Clug, what do you think? Clug has a lot of faith in Marifa especially over these years, uh, the times they've spent together. But there is always in the back of Klug's mind a seed of doubt, uh, especially sure. with... There's never been full trust between Klug and Marifa. And what is happening now is not a thing Klug understands. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in your head, you're kind of thinking, well, uh, who else would lead such a ritual but Marifa, of course, you know, and... And kind of thinking back to two different experiences that you've had together, you, you kind of start to start to let it happen at least. You know, you start to inhale that smoke and, and it really it travels into your body and you start to feel emboldened a little bit. You know, you're like, well, why not use Gebetto? You know, the whole thing starts to make more sense. Uh as as it travels into your bloodstream though, you wonder, you know, why is it darker in the room? Uh, despite you know the shining light of Iora blazing across all things from that open roof, uh, maybe maybe it's best to keep this to yourself. You decide, and you you feel your fists your fists clench almost reflexively. Uh, surely there's going to be bloodshed in the coming days. It's best to focus only on what needs to be done. Um, as the smoke starts to fill the room to the top of Jabeto's table, Marifa stops whispering and releases the coin, which hovers in midair. The echoes continue growing in volume, but start to smooth out until it's just one long, pressurized sound. At the moment, everything seems to hang until suddenly the coin drops directly onto Gebetto's forehead, and all sound stops. Everyone hears the slap of gold, and Gebetto sits up at the table, the light leaving the coin and blasting from his eyes and mouth as it opens, and you hear this. <gasps> oh, I see it. I see it all. And everything is bright white light, blinding everyone in the room. As your eyes adjust, the sun shines directly overhead. It's far less bright than the light, than the light expelled by Gebetto's body on the table, but far, far brighter than the smoke-filled, nearly black silo you've just been in. Um, Gillick and, and Genevera, give me a deck save using your character's dex mods. Mm -hmm. 
Side note, that was cool as shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I'm like... What? Oh, my God. I was like, I can't stop listening. I know. I got a 15. Oh. Cool. Um, that's, uh, uh, 14. Okay. Uh, so Gillick, right away, as you, as you kind of, your eyes start to adjust to the natural light, you, you look around and you realize, huh, you are taller than you've ever even imagined yourself being. Your arms and legs move so differently than you're used to, but you seem to get the hang of it pretty quickly. You know, all of a sudden, you're starting to stretch out a little bit. You're you're starting to feel things, you know. Um, Genevera, on the other hand, moving without a tail is so freaking hard. How do people of other races even do this? Does does everyone just stand straight up? Um, you're you're really kind of struggling on it. Uh, you know, you're you're trying to figure out how how you can possibly move this body mm-hmm. with the skill that you moved your old body with. Well, and the skill that I've um, seen Maritha move with, right? Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> um, <laughs> on your next deck save, you're going to have disadvantage. What is so? What does that mean? So is it You'll roll so like the next time, huh? and then you take Yeah, the, the next time I ask you to roll a, a dexterity save, you're going to roll two d20s and take the lower result of the two. Just Genevera? Um, uh, Just Genevera. Gillick, you passed by the skin of your teeth. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Clug, can you give me a wisdom saving throw using your wisdom saving mod? Yeah. Uh, That's a four. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, as well it should be, because it's really, really fucking weird to see yourself standing in front of you, moving around without your brain telling you to move around. (laughs) Uh, This is going to definitely take some getting used to. (laughs) You're going to have disadvantage on your first attack. That's fine. Uh, Asher and Keth, you two are actually pretty okay with the whole situation. Damn fucking Uh, right I am. You're kind of thinking about your dream state analogs matching up so closely to your actual personalities or physical status already uh, that it, it, it seems to kind of comfort and steady you. Uh, yeah. So you, you guys don't have any issues that the other two seem to be having in a doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned this didn't work for me, but it worked It worked for everybody <laughs> else. So I, 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 feel, I feel womanly, <laughs> but otherwise the same. So the same. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know what kind of hyena you turned into. Nobody checked on the lady legs, hyena. You know? It's giant. That's all you know. Giant. Right. Ladies can be giant. Wink. Apparently, <laughs> female hyenas are larger than male hyenas. Anyway, giant Fun lady fact. hyenas. <laughs> Josh, why I'm do you know on. that? I'm fact checking that. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna look yeah, up this burn to kill Ashen later. Hell yeah! Is that how? Is that how who's Steph knew about horses? Out the rules? Shut up! I don't know anything about horses. Oh, why are female hyenas bigger than males? Thank you. Ooh, wait. Okay, so. Okay, sorry. Uh, podcast. That's how I know. Out. That's actually how I know that. <laughs> Wonderful. After figuring out kind of how to stand and how to look at yourself doing things you're not doing and kind of getting adjusted to your new physical sizes, uh, you guys begin to look around the look around the area, kind of familiarizing yourself with the situation. Um, so directly behind you is the back of a, a sturdy-ish looking gate 
Uh, it's closed with a large wooden beam placed across the back. I mean, it doesn't look like it would stop the 5EU from knocking it down, maybe, but it should do the trick against most foes. And it seems to glimmer a bit as well, as though it's enchanted by some form of maybe magical protection. Um, attached to the gate is a six-foot-high wooden privacy fence, stretching on in both directions across a large field, stopping in right angles a good distance away, and continuing back into the distance, roughly the same length on each side, ending in another corner and continuing on. Um, you notice one large, old building uh, looking a bit worse for the wear uh, in a gentle path leading to it. Kind of in the middle of the building is a, is a big tower. Um, uh, and between yourselves and the building is a small fountain. Uh, the main fountain, the main feature on that fountain is a, a wand with a sword and a shield emblazoned just above the handle. And water is kind of trickling from the tip of the wand. Uh, its design is a lot more impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the design is more impressive than its current output, for sure. Uh, <laughs> based on the size days. of the basin, you know, it's it's safe to assume the output was originally designed to match the, the artisanal quality. Grower, not a shower. <laughs> it happens to all wands eventually. Right, yeah, exactly. We back up off that wand a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. Um, so to the... Let's see, I can't remember what side it is. Um, the left. Let me, is it to the left? Start talking and I'll tell you. <laughs> to, the, to the east. Uh, you kind of see, you see a small set of stalls in a, in a roughshod stable. And to the west, you see a, a hole. It's a really, really large hole in a memory or maybe a, a premonition. I don't know, the whole situation feels really weird. Uh, flashes, and you recall another building that stands in that space. I'm sorry, can you Wait, repeat that? Rob was making a pun. Sorry, it was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. What was the, the pun? He said, you said the whole situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wait, so is the wand pointing towards the hole? <laughs> <laughs> not not like it used to. <laughs> <laughs> not like we'd like. Uh, so, yeah, basically, you, you kind of... You have a memory or maybe a premonition uh, can I, that, that flashes, and you recall that another building is going to be standing in this space. Can I go like investigate it, like this gap in memory? Yeah, sure. I mean, I walk over and I try and figure out what's going on. Uh, do I? Do you need me to roll some sort of check? Like I'm, no, try, I'm trying um, to size it up because basically, Redbridge's memory, your memory, and the the rem, like the reminder that you're in the past kind of all come together mm -hmm. and you kind of realize, oh, okay, we're on the Adventure Incorporated compound grounds, uh, uh, but they don't seem to have any of the, the things that you're used to kind of from the present, you know? Okay. okay. Uh, but as you're kind of looking into, uh, looking into this hole, trying to contemplate what the hell's going on, you hear, you know, a big pounding on the gates and this loud, loud shout, coming from the gates, obviously. Um, Your park up. Hey, is anybody home? Hello? Hello? <coughs> who uh, who does, is it? Does someone want to get that? Uh, hey, y'all. My, my name's Famo Westland. Um, uh, hello? Is it, it, there are adventurers in there? Hey, uh, Clug goes over and opens up an eye hole to see who it is and talk to him. Sure. So what you see on the other side is a human man. 
He's about five seven. Uh, he looks real sweaty and super out of breath. Uh, he's got long, thinning, brown gray hair, a graying beard, and like this wrinkled, worn face attached to this big round soft body on the other side. Uh, his his boots and the bottoms of his of his trousers have what appear to be a mix of dirt, stone dust, and some sort of cement or grout or something on them. Uh, hey, hey, y'all. My name's Faye Westland, like I said here, uh, and I, I'm running all the way here to talk to y'all about what's going on in the Downs. Um, y- y'all are adventurers for hire, right? Let him in, Clug. Yeah. This is what we do. All right. Open up the door. Cool. Oh, thank thank you so much for, for opening up the door here. That's, that's real nice of you, real, uh, real hospitable. Uh, let's see. I heard this was where I could hire a pretty good team for a real respectable wage to do some, frankly, pretty crazy shit. What do you um, mean? Well, so like most of the other adventuring companies are a bit too rich for my blood, you know. Uh, I'm worried the group I already got for this just ain't gonna cut it. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to be rude or nothing, but you know, I figured since y'all are just starting out, maybe, you know, you're wages might not be the same as kind of them big old fancy adventuring parties, you know? <laughs> well, you got that right. I scowl and say nothing. <laughs> yeah, so you came to the right place. Uh, what, what, what can we do cool. for you? So, look here. There's some real weird shit going on in the forest and mines over here just south of Mughamar on the Downs. Uh, I was hoping you guys might be able to go check it out and see what's happening. Uh, I'm so, I'm sorry for coming in like this all, all late and stuff and not filling out paperwork and stuff, but like I filled out all that paperwork a week ago with missions possible over there in the city. You know, them big shots. Ugh, them. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought for sure they'd get a handle already, but they just got into town to check on us this morning. Let me tell you, I think they sent the wrong team. Clug goes to say, ugh, them, and then sort of stops himself and just stares at the other Clug sort of angrily. when you say weird what do you mean specifically well so like honestly i I mean it's it's here here there's been a lot of miners and loggers dying lately like a lot and not just dying but dying real gruesome like you know i don't don't mean like rock slides or cave-ins or pick accidents or anything i mean these guys are getting hauled out of the deepest sections of the mines, looking like they had themselves sucked bone dry or something. Skin's all leathery and gross. Looks like the, I don't know, their life force or something is just drained out of it. Huh. It's real bad, man. Like, real bad. So, like I was saying, you know, I, I, I went in, you know, I went in with, with Mission Possible because, you know, I, they got their payment plans and all. They got their their reputation, you know, all the all the all the word in the papers, you know. I I thought I should definitely go to them first, but like seeing y'all and having met the team they sent in, I really think I done made a bad mistake, like real bad. How much so did like, they charge? Well, I mean, you know, they're the way the the payments work and all, like and the the interest and everything. It, all right, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, of well, course we'll do it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I just this is my first time really doing this face to face and all. You know, I sent the letter last time. I not much for this. <laughs> so like, 
what we done did is we, we closed down the mines. We blocked off them roads. You know, we pulled everybody out of the woods and stuff. But now there's people disappearing from all the little villages and the downs, you know. The kids are all talking about seeing ghosts and stuff in the dead of night. Now, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're kids. But, like, we got we got some pretty pretty superstitious folk around. Like, they're starting to believe it. Uh, you know, and the, the workers themselves are getting restless, too. Because, like, with mining and logging operations all stopped up, they ain't got no work. So they've been taking a drinking and fighting in the bars instead. And like I tell you, I I really need the help. I I need the help real bad. Um, if you guys will take this job and figure out what's going on and kind of protect the town, uh, I'll I'll pay you for what I was on the hook with uh, or for with with Missions Impossible and all. And and like <laughs> who was that? Uh, Missions Possible. Sorry, I get I get I get so nervous. It's all right. This thing, this whole thing is really just messing me up. Okay. Uh, Mayrotha uh, steps forward and puts a hand on the man's shoulder and says, "We will fulfill this contract for you. We will charge much less than Mission Possible, and we much. will less, much less. <laughs> uh, and we will, we will help you." Oh, that that means the world to me. And hey, you know what? Like. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was my fault that 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 missions possible sent sent those kids on over. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe I didn't cross all the I's and dot all the T's or whatever. Like writing's not really what I'm good at. Um, neither is talking to people. I, I, I don't know. So like, if you can save some of them kids from Mission Possible too, I'll throw in a bit of work for you. You know. And as he says that, he kind of looks behind you into the yard. He sees that that big foundation dugout. Um, and he's like, shoot, I mean, me and a group of guys could have that foundation built for y'all, and we could upgrade these wooden walls to something a bit more, uh, you know, protective, a little more stately. Anyway, uh, that, that's all assuming, you know, you, you, you're going to take the job, you're going you're gonna to make old Famo look like he's still got some wits about him, you know, and, and, and also that you maybe save some of them kids. Uh, Marifa looks at everyone in the group with that kind of, we're doing this. Look, um, Clug goes to Clug goes to speak, and then sort of realizes that in the the tifling that he is holds and carries himself differently. So he tries to sort of hold himself to that, and he says, "If this is the task you have set before us, we would be honored to take part." I'm sorry, sir. I don't know if it's infernal that you're speaking there, but you are just, like, you are really breaking up here for me. I don't know. Like, uh, y'all, I don't mean to be rude, but if I could get some common spoke to me. Clug uh, tries again just... with his infernal tongue, uh, and it just comes out. That's enough. Hey, hey, sort of paces. You're scaring the guy. Uh, so, uh, sir, we we can we definitely can help you out, and I think uh, that whole exchange for improving our compound here sounds great. Um, can you show us the way? Oh my God, y'all! You're doing me the finest favor in the whole kingdom right now, and the people of the dance are really gonna love it if y'all can do it. Now, like I said, stuff I've seen in the villages leads me to believe whatever's going on is either in the woods or in the mines just outside of just outside of the downs. No. I'm not sure where it's coming from, but I mean, woods and the mines are practically touching anyway. If you head on over to the downs, I'm sure y'all can figure it out. Y'all look real smart. 
if you ask for the captain, he'll be sure to fill y'all in. I can lead the way. Sounds good, Redbridge. I, I nod. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Thanlin just sort of like nods and starts to head out of the, the gates toward the, the right. downs. Yeah, because like the downs are, are Down? like uh, like he mentioned, they're they're south of Mughamora, uh, kind of southeast, just a little bit. They're they're kind of famous for being just a really strange place in the world. Uh, what everybody typically knows about the downs is that what most people consider you know villages to be more like spaced out neighborhoods you know uh the distance between each of them is no more than like a third of a mile from the closest neighboring quote-unquote village uh the problem is that you know these people generally distrust each other uh other than their like head council member from each each village uh they all get together in the center of this building called downs hall uh this long wide x-shaped building located kind of in the middle of the circle of villages um, so because it's it's such a strange place, everybody typically knows exactly where it's at and how to get there. Um, so if you want, you know, we can start heading out that way. Yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, we're, we're going right now? Like, already? That was quick. Uh, yes, we have to leave. Ugh. Yeah, guys, I think... Uh... Let's let, let's head out. Yeah, y'all. Sounds what's like up? this contract. Yeah, uh, let's go. We we can get this done uh, and get this compound built up. Mm-hmm. I said I'd lead the way. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's follow. Um, Viltrop cool. hurries hurries behind Redbridge. Um. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Red, Redbridge shoots him a nervous but pleasant smile. <laughs> <laughs> Clug looks at Marissa um, and just shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the classic "you exist" shrug. <laughs> um, Marissa kind so, of follows behind, slowly eyeing everybody. Thanlin uh, looks at Clug uh, sort of longingly, but not in the same way that Redbridge <laughs> and Veldroth are looking at each other, but more like he just misses when he looked like that. <laughs> Clug, Clug kisses his bicep and walks away. <laughs> so are this we... action tears time apart. <laughs> so are we? Gebetto died. Gebetto's dead. <laughs> it's all <Clug's> fault. <laughs> his bicep. Now he's dead. <laughs> all right. Uh, feeling like I've bastard common. Uh, I on the route to the the um uh the downs. I want to talk to the rest of the group. Uh, guys, here's the thing. I don't remember any of this. I don't know if I've taken one too many punches to the head. Or what's happening here, but I literally do not remember a single thing from this time. Um, well, okay. Oh. Glad you came. I thought I was going to be a lot more helpful at this. Uh, I was going to say, once start, um, Phelan starts talking, I kind of remember like who we are for a second. And I want to use Prestidigitation and cast uh, Gebetto's hat that he always casts. <laughs> Yes. Let him know, like, hey, we're we're gonna help you, buddy. This tears cool. a rift in the time space continuum again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Clug, like, 
you don't remember anything about fighting these things or or just you don't remember You're this talking. guy i rem- are you talking to yourself or are you <laughs> no, he's talking to a real clog <laughs> oh okay cool um i i remember this episode intro is going to be mad confusing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember the, uh, obviously I remember this place being in this state. I remember that we hadn't built it yet. I remember that we we were fighting uh, an undead creature when Viltroth disappeared. The details are a little fuzzy. And by that, I mean the rest of it. Oh. <laughs> so but you remember, well, can, I, can I ask, you remember enough of Thanlin to embody him, yes? So we're yes. not going to put Jibeto's life at danger? No, Thanlin... Okay. This was not... And that's all That's I all spent we many need, years right? with Thanlin. Because right. neither of... None of us know what happened this day, so... Yeah. I guess my point being, I'm not going to be as and much help as a guide. that he disappeared, like, around the time of when you were fighting the undead creature, or, like, during? While we were fighting the undead creature, he disappeared. He disappeared. Okay, that's actually probably the most useful piece of info. So, so yeah. we, it might have been a very rough battle, and you literally got hit in the head one too many times. So I have that to well, look I forward mean, to. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure my memory issues don't necessarily stem from tonight. At least I hope not. Uh, but it might have been. And so you guys kind of start. Oh, sorry. I said oh. Kind of find out part of it, I guess. Yeah, and so as you guys are walking down the trail, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much a straight shot from Mughamora to the Downs. It's straight down a path to the south, kind of twists off to the to the east a little bit, and then heads back south again. Um, and you're maybe you're maybe a, a mile and a half out from that first village when all of a sudden. Uh, you hear a loud scraping sound, a rustling, and a squealing in the trees. Um, Redbridge, you're going to have advantage on this. Yeah. Can I get everybody else to roll a deck save? Oh, or everybody to roll a deck save. Clug uh, got a 20. Cool. 16, or sorry, 18. <laughs> Cool. I got a 17 uh, and a 3, so you take the 3, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have the decision. Oh, fuck me. Uh, 15 for Thanlin. Okay. Uh, 16 for Viltroth. Cool. Uh, so, kind of, all of a sudden, Redbridge hears something in the woods, and, like, before anyone even knows what's happening, she's dove out of the way with a quickness that you wouldn't have guessed looking at her. She's a she's a pretty large lady. Uh, Three hundred fucking pounds. Apparently. Yeah, and she she's my dies. large lady. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> she dives, rolls, and is back on her feet again before a herd of wild boar come bursting through the trees uh, and through the brush lining Whoa. the road. They tear off away from the village, screaming and squealing. Um, Everyone else is also kind of spurred into action by this, uh, except Marifa, who is overrun by the boars, uh, kind of trampled by the by the pack. 
Uh, give me one second here. Cool band name. Best rogue ever. Trampled by the pack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna be you're gonna be hit by one boar uh, who knocks you prone and gives you eight damage. Fuck. And then another boar tramples over your prone hey. body for five damage, for a total of thirteen damage. Clug runs over and helps her out. Uh, before he does that, huh? everyone rolls initiative. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> do, I, do I still have uh, advantage or no? On on your initiative roll, yes. Oh, ballin'. Good, because I rolled a, like, two. Well, uh, so that would be uh, 16. Cool. Clug got a um, 10. Um, 15. Uh, 19. 15 for Marifa. Yep. And 19 for Viltroth. Yep. And Anthony. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Thanlin. 15. 15 for Thanlin. But he has a ne- right, he has a negative cool. one dex, so I take it he probably and goes beyond. Let's see. Or behind. Um, uh, sorry. He has a he has a negative one dex. Okay. So you rolled a 16, but ended up with a 15. Correct. Okay, cool. But that so that means he goes since we tied, I go second. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. So, uh what you guys see come out of the woods all of a sudden is four gnolls. They come streaming out of the woods behind behind the boars. And then behind them is a knoll, kind of uh, another knoll who looks a little bit bigger and stronger. Um, and then right behind oh him, goodness. you see the edges of the forest start to shake for a little bit longer of a distance than really makes you comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. So, Viltroth, uh, you'll be first to act. Oh, wow. Um <clears throat> Where is Redbridge? Uh she's going to be kind of uh she dove forward to avoid the um the boars, so she's going to be in front of you by about 10 feet. Okay. Um I want to attack the enemy closest to her. Okay. Uh it's going to be one of those four knoll then. Sweet. I will cast Eldritch Blast. Cool. Yeah. So Tell um me what it does. It I get uh, two attack rolls, and I'm gonna use both of them at the um, at the knoll. And it's just a ranged one d10 um, plus my charisma modifier because of the eldritch invocation. Okay. So first attack, uh, I got a nine. Excuse me, an eight. To hit. Yeah. Okay. So and the second attack. Second attack. An eleven. Okay. Uh, so. Viltroth, you you kind of look out uh, and you see you see this wave of enemies coming toward coming toward Redbridge and and the rest of the party, and immediately before even thinking, you just fire off two Eldritch blasts from your hands. Uh, you guys all see uh, this power uh, start to coil around. It looks almost like it comes from the center of Viltroth's chest and and expands out to his hands as as he launches these two 
just blasts of energy straight from both of his hands. Uh, unfortunately, they both kind of sail off into the woods. Um, but you see they actually blast away uh, the brush like directly behind that one, uh, the, the one knoll that you were aiming for. Okay. And what you end up seeing as, as the, the blast disrupts that, that whole bushy area and reduces it to cinder is you see three cobalts. Oh. What does that mean? The kobolds are, uh, sorry, yeah, I should. Uh, kobolds are basically these little reptilian humanoids. They look, oh. they look draconic um, because they are. Okay. Uh, basically, they, they're, they're tiny, and you can actually start to hear them starting to chitter and chatter at each other in draconic and a, a mix of draconic and, and common. So they're, oh, looks good. And they're kind of going back and forth at each other. Uh, so Marifa um, goes to step forward and then catches herself, or catches, Genevera catches herself and steps cool. back. And it's Redbridge now is Redbridge immediately uh, flies into a rage and um, charges the nearest uh, knoll. Okay. Um, takes one, uh, trying to sort of take the focus of all of like trying to be the focus of all of the enemies so sure. the rest of her team can do their work. Um, so she takes one swing at the knoll. Uh, 11 plus... Uh, does rage add to hit? Or that's just to damage, right? I'm pretty sure it's just to damage. Um, uh, I would imagine that it's just, it's just to damage. damage right? Yeah, it's just to damage. Uh, so so uh, 16. Cool. That'll hit. Sweet. Um, D6 plus, uh, five. Okay. Um, seven. Okay. Uh, uh so. And I'm, I'm, so. Go ahead. No, 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 After you. Oh, I was gonna, unless he's dead, I'm gonna make another attack against him. Yeah, uh, attacks. you can see, you can see kind of, and, and you were hitting with what now? Um, Remind she me? has, she is dual wielding hand axes. Cool. Okay. Uh, so you, Redbridge kind of, you all see her scream and this is this is this loud piercing warrior scream that um Genevera, quite frankly you are like your actual person Genevera, is terrified like in a new level of afraid uh because you've never actually seen her do anything and here she is about to fucking like murder hobo these these things right. in, in a way that uh, Asher in in uh, the real world feels incredibly comfortable and very excited <laughs> for the mayhem he's about to unleash. Sure. Okay. Wow. So yeah, that first that first axe comes down and just bites into the knoll in a in a satisfying way that you haven't ever really felt before. Like this is so much more power than you're used to. I have two more attacks too. Cool. Hell yeah. Uh, make another attack. Um, Sixteen. Uh, sorry, seventeen. Okay, that hits. Yep. And um, that will be so max damage. Um, Eleven. Perfect. So that second that second axe blade, as it as it comes across, the first one you would hit with the your right hand, and then the second one comes across with the left. While you're still trying to pull the axe blade out with your right hand, 
you just drive the left one right across its throat. Yeah. And you and the knoll is falling down, and that's what lets you free yourself from it. And I make the attack on the next nearest knoll. Okay. Uh, six, uh, 16 plus 5, I'm sure I hit. Jesus, yep. Um, <laughs> and 3 plus 5, so 8. Cool. So what ends up happening is get him, yeah, get him right. Yeah, exactly. You you hit with the you hit with that right, you cut its throat with the left, and you just keep spinning and like backhand with your right hand into the into the chest of the next knoll. Uh you've definitely done some good amount of damage. I mean it's only it's wearing kind of this it looks like hide armor, maybe just like a little bit thicker skin than the knoll normally has. Mm-hmm. Uh and so you see it's definitely cut into him. Uh, if he hadn't been wearing that armor, you you might have just cut him in half. Excellent. Cool. Uh, so next to act will be Marifa. Okay. Uh, so there are two gnolls still up, or all three? There are th- there are four gnolls total still standing. Uh, one of them looks a little bit stronger than the others. Uh, and then one of them looks a little bit weaker uh, because it's got an axe wound in the middle of its chest. <laughs> and then you also see two kobolds, or three kobolds, rather, okay. in the woods. Are they close enough to all be in a 15-foot cone? Yes. All right, so I'm going to to throw burning hands. Cool. Um, so each creature has to make a deck saving throw. On a fail, Perfect. 3d6 on success, half that. All right, so let me see. So you're going to end up hitting seven? Yeah. So what is the what is the DC that I'm going to get to beat 15. with these here? Cool. And it's a deck saving throw? Yep. Cool. cool. Great. So, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Yes, no. Cool. So um, go ahead and roll me some damage. Okay, uh, uh, so I'm throwing 3d6 for how many? Uh, just just do 3d6, and then we'll we'll do a blanket across every everybody that you okay, hit. Okay, great. Five, four, four. Cool. Thirteen. Uh, yep. Total? Do I add anything to that? No, nothing. No, nothing. Um, uh-huh. no. All right. Unless it says, you know, plus no. whatever. No. So 13 total. Cool. I think you get more damage so, if you cast it at a higher slot. Gotcha. So basically what happens is Marifa kind of steps out from the from the crowd of, of the party. And you see... You see Marifa's arms start to, start to move um, and kind of... In a sweeping motion from left to right, just starts gushing flame out of her hands. Um, it's actually kind of amazing because Redbridge, you've got you have just pulled your axe out of the chest of one of these knolls. Uh, and so as your right hand is coming back, you can kind of feel along like your back right shoulder the heat of this spell as it stops right before you. Uh, when you turn around again, you see that you said it was uh, 13 damage, right? Uh, yeah, five, six, nine, ten, 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 yeah. 
five, four, and yep. four, 13. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, you see all of the kobolds are dead that, oh. that you could see. Shit. Um, you see the knoll that had gotten that axe in the chest has fallen and is cooking. Um, and then you see the other three knolls that were standing there look really badly burned. We are much better at this than I thought we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Genevera, you're Genevera kinda, like, takes like a a breath and uh the that was the first spell she chose because it was in, with the fire attunement. Um it made her feel much more comfortable in taking on this character. So she's she's breathing a little easier now. Yeah, and you're also kind of like Oh holy shit, Marif is a badass. Like yes, <laughs> yeah, also she is like that. <laughs> Um, all right, so next up will be that really big-looking looking knoll uh, who is not looking great. Uh, but you know what? He is pissed that, you know, you've just massacred two of his dudes. Uh, so uh-huh. he's looking at Redbridge. Oh. Um, and so he's going he's gonna to try and make some, make some attacks here at you. Uh, so he he kind of runs up to Redbridge, and he's going to go ahead and do. He's going to use his glaive first, uh, because he's you know he's he's a little bit further away from you, so he's going to pull out this long, kind of uh, looks basically like a sword on a stick. If you haven't seen a glaive before, um, and so he's going to try and chop that down uh, the long way at Redbridge. Uh, and he rolls a 14 to hit. Uh, that is exact. Cool. Um, and then he does ooh, 13 slashing damage. Cool. Have. I huh? halved. I'm raging. <laughs> oh, sure. So and then seven. once he hits with the glaive, he drops it and jumps at you to bite. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait. Um, and he does a 15 to hit. That hits. And does shit damage with it. Uh, yes. He does a four. Uh, he does a two. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then now it goes to Thanlin. Okay. Um, Thanlin... Uh, looks at the the larger knoll, the more hardy looking mm-hmm. one that is attacking um, Redbridge. Uh, yep. He says, by Iora's light, I will put you down. Um, he, with a bonus action, casts oh. Divine Favor, which gives him an extra 1d4 radiant damage. He cool. charges forward with his light, uh, his sword glowing. And strikes at the creature. Okay. Um, he gets a 11. All right. An 11 is not going to help you. Okay. So he... That is going to be a miss. He attacks again. Cool. Uh, this time is a 15. 16. Just kidding. What? 16. So Thanlin, Thanlin takes a swing with his with his long sword, uh, and 
And on the first swing, he misses. But it's all right. He was always more of a backhand guy anyway. And comes across with the backhand, slashing right through the center of the of the 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 hardier looking knoll. Uh, go ahead and roll me some damage. Uh, ten. Uh, plus my one d four. Uh, twelve total. Cool. Um. So basically, what happens is, at that, the the blade comes across and slices him open. You can see gouts of blood start to shoot out from him. He's not. He's not quite dead or willing to give up, but he's definitely feeling bloody. Sure. Out of the woods come a barrage of stones. Oh. Um, they target basically everyone. Uh, all five of you are the, the targets of these attacks here. and Because out of nowhere, just fum, 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 you hear what sounds like slings kind of twisting and whipping through the air are they are they small enough for me to potentially uh deflect missile and catch yeah i'll attempt to do it after you tell me things cool wait six of these yeah clug is a monk weird and awesome (laughs) half orc six of these are gonna hit so one's gonna hit everyone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and one is going to hit, uh, or and then another one is going to hit. Uh, you said one hits everyone. Yes. Right. Like a, like attempts to hit one, based on a d twenty or just no no no, no like uh, 15, 15 rocks come out of the woods. Ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, of like a those fifteen, thing. six hit. Sure. Um, two of them hit Marifa. Oh. Uh, the rest of you are all hit by one. All right. And so tell me how uh, deflecting a missile works. So um, you can use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile when you are hit by a ranged weapon attack. When you do so, damage taken from the attack is reduced by D10 plus dexterity plus monk level. If I reduce it to zero, I can catch it and throw it back as as an attack. So good. Uh, (laughs) Rules. So that's the best. Yeah, uh, that is the best. Clug, you all are, are being pelted by rocks. Um, it does, each hit does six damage to you. All right, and I take two. No, you don't You don't oh. take any because well, you catch it. Well, I'm going to roll and get a, yeah, minus 11. So so I'm going to... Oh, you, you rolled a hit at a minus 11? No, so no, no, he rolled, he rolled to... See if he caught it. He reduced it by 11 hit points of damage. Oh, right. So, yeah, you catch it. Awesome. And then I'll, cool. I'll use a point of key to attempt to throw it. Okay. Um, Who are you going to throw it at? I'll throw it at the big knoll. Okay. Boink. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it counts as a By the way, Thanlin... Sandlin like lifts his hand to also try to catch it and then realizes he can't. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it just goes right between uh basically the thumb Ooh. and forefinger. <laughs> yeah. And like still hits you. <laughs> after Clug after Clug catches it, he looks over and winks at Thanlin. <laughs> oh no. What is it? 
should I roll for the attack? Yeah, we do a roll to attack on that, right? I think so, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, 13. And you would add your dex mod? Uh, yes. But not your proficiency, right? Uh, or are you proficient with... Yeah, I know I add proficiency to it. Acts as a monk attack. Cool. Awesome. And so 13 yeah, is the total? That's the total, yeah. I rolled low. Okay. Uh, so it's cool as hell that you catch that as it's coming speeding by you. And as as you kind of reach up and grab it, is is Clug left-handed or right-handed? Uh, he's a lefty. Okay. Yeah. So as as Clug reaches up with his left hand, he catches it and kind of does a spin move and sidearms it back at the knoll. Um, unfortunately, it kind of sails off into the All woods. Right. Uh, but it doesn't discount how freaking cool <laughs> that was. Agree. Get get better aim, you loser. Uh, all of a sudden, as as Fanlin yells at himself, get better aim, you loser. Um, he gets hit in the side of the head. <laughs> eight kobolds flap up into the air. How many? On wings. Eight? Fuck. Uh, they're that are now they're kind of hovering uh, about 15 feet off the ground hmm. and that'll take us to the top of the round yay oh and the like kobolds are just hovering there out. yeah because uh, they they use their attack to to throw rocks at you so okay uh, Klug hasn't attacked formally oh you're right it is it is Clug's turn. All right. You're a hundred percent right. Sorry. No I was yeah. I just thought no one could go after a lowly <laughs> who would possibly roll such a low initiative. Uh, I'm, I'm slow. To, I'm slow to act, but, 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 but once I do, I, I, I get shit done. Sure. All right. I'm going to attack the largest knoll. Okay. For a nine. Okay. Uh, after everything. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to be a All miss. right, I'm going to take the quarterstaff again and attack. Okay. For a 14. And that will also miss. I'm struggling, but I'm going to try a different tact and take an unarmed strike on the sure. same null. Really want to hit this guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and get... Pick up a rock. <laughs> 23 with just my hands. There you go. Yeah. Baller. <laughs> so let's roll some damage. Right. Uh, eight damage. Awesome. So Clug runs up, and he's got this club in his left hand, and he takes a swing and he misses. And then he takes a swing back, and he misses again. As he kind of is surprised that he's actually missed this thing, he tosses the club into his right hand and just punches the knoll square in the chest as hard as he can. Uh, so cool. The knoll is like, I can't believe you just punched me in my bloody spot because he's got that huge gash mm -hmm. in his chest as well. Um, blood splashes everywhere. Uh, he is really looking worse for the wear. <laughs> and it's going to be up to Viltroth now. All right, I will cast another Eldritch, Eldritch Blast at the big knoll. Okay. Uh, 19. There it is. That's the first attack. Whoop. There it is. 
So let's roll damage on that. Okay. Because he is looking... 12. 12 damage. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, did you did you have anywhere specific you wanted to hit this guy? Or? Right in the bloody spot. <laughs> right in the nards. <laughs> you do. Uh, so as... As again, Viltros' power surges out from his body, and it almost like it looks as natural for Viltroth to shoot this as it does for you or I to drink a glass of water. Uh, and he just kind of <laughs> this power shoots out of his hand. It hits the knoll square in that bloody, slashed-up, fist-indented spot, <laughs> and it just blows <laughs> a hole clean through him. Like it, it looks like you took like a post hole digger and just right through his chest. Oh boy! Um, the knoll takes a minute to look down at his own chest and then dies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy turns evil. What? <laughs> um, can I still use my second attack? Yeah. Um, who else is still? If around? you haven't used it yet. Yeah. Uh, so you see, let's see, Genevera. Barbecued two of those. We put a hole in one of those. Three of those are dead. Um, so you see the eight winged kobolds kind of hovering above the ground. Uh, you also see one knoll, and then five normal kobolds have now stepped out of the woods. Um, I'll attack the other knoll. Okay. Four... 23 damage. Or 23 damage. <laughs> 23 attack. <laughs> Whoa. 23 to hit? Yep. Uh, are you using the Eldritch Blast again? Sure am. Yeah, yeah. It's the same, yeah. it's the same attack. Well, it's okay. two different attacks, but it's the same one spell. Word. Uh, go ahead and roll me some damage. I got a 9. 9 damage. Excellent. Um, so your 9 damage kind of catches the null... But it looks like where the other one had been had been kind of uh, his he had been weakened constitutionally, uh, and this one this one's still kind of fresh. Uh, it doesn't seem to do the same amount of impact. Uh, it definitely hurts him, um, and now he's looking really bad. Yeah, because he's been he's been barbecued, and he's been he's been hit by this eldritch power that you've got. Does he have a bloody spot? And, oh, I mean, his his whole self is the bloody spot. Awesome. <laughs> and we'll go to Redbridge. Okay. Um, how high up are these dudes um, they're that are flying? Am I able to hit 15 them? Fifteen feet. Yeah, they're fifteen feet above you. If you can throw, if you can throw your axe, is fifteen feet. Uh, I'm not sure what the the range on a hand axe is. Uh, it is twenty short, sixty long. So, um, yes. could I, uh, I can't jump 15 feet. I wanted to like tornado. I can. <laughs> sweet. Um, can you? yeah, I just, um, I take the two hand, I take the two hand axes in my hand and throw them at different guys flying. So at the first okay. one, um, so what would I add? I would add decks to the damage. Yes. If you're throwing something, it's a, it's a dex mod. Okay. And then would I still add rage? Cause I'm still angry. Uh, rage is 
not to hit or well yeah, yeah for it's damage, not to hit though. it's for damage right okay i'm very angrily throwing it cool I, yeah i can only imagine that you're putting some of that strength into Ball. into throwing things okay the first one um is uh i think i've been adding my proficiency wrong so our proficiency is plus four and then plus dex so six uh 12 and a 12 is not gonna do it for this guy okay uh, it looks like maybe because because they're up in the air they're able to kind of uh duck out of the way but it like that axe blade comes really close to the wing of one of these guys okay i throw the next at the other dude i throw in, uh 13 plus 7 so that uh 20 that hits yes and then should i just roll because i'm gonna th probably throw another one at the guy i missed because i have four axes yeah let's do let's do damage on the one that you just okay. hit okay um so d6 plus five or sorry d6 plus four your dex mode. Plus yeah. four so four eight well plus rage is what i was trying so eight oh damage. right yes cool so yeah, this next axe flies a lot more true and catches yeah. catches the winged kobold right in the chest, like dead center of the chest. Drives him back a little bit because you you kind of have to throw it up. And so it hits him, drives him back, and then you watch him kind of finish the arc of that thrown axe. Sweet. Uh, yeah, he um, very clearly looks like he's been... Killed. deadified yes deadified. yeah okay. and then the bigger bloody knoll is right next to me mm -hmm. um i take my i now that i i pull out the two other axes that i have and i swing at this dude um 13 plus uh eight now because it, or four five, six, seven sorry 13 plus seven um because it's strength now i'm so confused and that'll hit woo and uh d6 plus five, plus another D8 because he's already been damaged because of my Colossal Slayer. Cool. So, colossal Slayer. Um, wow. Uh, one point away from max damage. Um, five plus eight plus five. Okay, so... damage. Um, because Mama I always Polka. think this is the most ridiculous thing that ever happens in, like, TV, uh, you split him straight down the middle? You're damn right I do. Yeah. Like... Boom, boom. Just with a hand axe, gross. Yeah, no, it's freaking gnarly. Like it, it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> That's why Viltroth and I get along. So you well. watch this, yeah. Sure. Everyone watches this, and they're they're kind of like, Jesus. Yeah, shoot. Because yeah, that's insane. She winks at Viltroth. <laughs> Angrily, because I'm still raging. Her <laughs> anger warms my heart. <laughs> oh, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, so <laughs> now it goes. Is that as many attacks as Redbridge gets? I uh, I could do one more, but I don't want the exhaustion, so I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, now it just goes wait to know later. later. I could right. do it. Okay, I could split another fucker <laughs> down, and I'd also lose an axe. Mm -hmm. All right, Marifa, what are you doing? Um, basically, what what we've got left now are seven winged kobolds flying above you. Uh, and what did I say? Four? Uh, five. Four regular kobolds? Five, five regular kobolds five. on the ground. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Whew. I am going to... Uh, so you said seven in the sky, five on the ground? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to cast Burning Hands. Are the five on the ground or the seven in the air within a 15-foot cone? Um, the five on the ground definitely will be. Uh, the, the seven in the air have kind of spaced themselves out. They're, they tend to be kind of... Winged kobolds in, in kobold society tend to be kind of more revered and are able to learn things sure. as opposed to regular kobolds, which are just idiot slaves. Okay. Um, and so they they kind of recognize the fact that you've cast a spell uh, that hits an, an area. Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of spread out a little bit to avoid having the same thing happen. In the Great. Well, the ones on the ground are dumb, so I'm going to target them. <laughs> Get them. Get them. Uh, so... All right, so I yep, roll, roll a deck save for them. Yep. All right, let's do that. Miss five of them. And what's my target? Uh, I just had it. Uh, deep, uh, 15. Okay, and what happens when I succeed? If you succeed, it's half of my 3d6. Sweet. All right, so roll damage. All right. Uh, where'd it go? Five, one, six. So cool. 12. Awesome. So six um, if they succeeded. Yeah, so you see, what you see happen is this. As you, you kind of, you're starting to feel Marifa a little bit. You're like, okay, left to right was a cool little hand sweeping motion. What if I go up and down a little bit and kind of fan the flames here? Um, and so you're, you're kind of, you're getting into it a little. And you're, you're fanning out this burning hand spell. And the kobolds recognize the way that you've done it this time. Uh-huh. Uh, so you see three of them start to dive out of the way. Uh, two of them have no idea because they're idiots. Uh, those two are reduced to cinder immediately. Cool. Uh, the other three are all on fire and just start running around in circles yelling. Um, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then you see them all at the same time kind of boom, boom, boom. All three of them fall down dead. Oh, shit. Uh, so even though they recognized what you were doing, Marif is still so powerful that she destroys these guys, no problem. All right, five down. Great. Yep. And so now we've got uh, seven flying kobolds for mm-hmm. Thanlin. Yeah. Uh, Thanlin casts another spell as a bonus action. He casts Spiritual Weapon. Cool. Um, awesome. He summons a spectral floating blade. Uh, he uses his movement to push the blade up into the air towards the creatures, the kobolds. Sure. Uh, and makes an attack on one of them. Okay. For, well, an attack roll of uh, 19. And that hits. For... 10 damage. Perfect. Um, so yeah, the and the Spectral Blade, does it say what kind of damage it does? Force. Is it it's force, force damage. Force? Cool. Uh, so basically what you guys all see is Thanlin creates this gigantic sword that comes out of nowhere uh, and now exists and flies up into the air and almost like T-Ball, uh, the, the blade crashes into one of these winged kobolds, sending it straight into the back of a tree and 
it like bounces off the tree and lands back into the walkway here that you're on. Uh, super fucking dead. <laughs> second second attack. Okay. Uh, this one is a third. Nope. Uh, seventeen. Also hits. For fourteen damage. Literally the same thing happens. <laughs> um, he just he the the sword kind of. It's almost like you watch the sword turn around, because the sword had been facing the last kobold that it knocked into the woods, and rather than just like a normal you know sword, you just swing it the other way. You see the sword kind of turn, and it looks like it targets the next one. And does the same thing as it as it chops across. It hits it hits this cobalt so hard, and the cobalt hits the tree so hard. This one doesn't quite fall into the path though; it disappears into the bushes. But it's super dead. Super dead. Damn. All right, Thalen, is that everything? That's what I got. Cool. Um, the remaining. What do we got? Five. Three. Five. Yeah. The remaining five kobolds use their entire actions to fly away. Oh, um, bye. Um, they can are... I pull out my longbow and try and shoot at some of them? Uh, when it's your turn, for sure. Hey guys, DM Anthony here again. Just another reminder that if you love the show, to tell your friends. Also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, and follow. All of our links and other exciting stuff can be found on adventureinc.podbean.com. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week. Next time on Adventure Incorporated. Oh my god. Oh, oh no. I don't know anything about evil. I just, I just know that I need my family safe. Sea okay. uh, we were doing good cop, bad cop. My name is Steve. Uh, you can call me Mr. Everyman. Famo would leave out the, the loggers. That son of a bitch. Um, 